Ole Miss now has its most decorated quarterback room in its modern history. Lane Kiffin's doing a really good job roster building. Anyway, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote the video itself. Comment down below. We'll have a good time in the comment section as well. So thank you for tuning in for that. Anyway, Walker Howard has committed. Well, that, was, that has finally happened. We've been on Walker Howard watch for three days. Honestly, my opinion, I think this was a done deal. Sometime on Saturday, there was just a legacy issue because Jamie Howard, um, Walker's dad, was a quarterback in the 90s at LSU. Everybody re- remembers Jamie Howard. He was the quarterback that was in the game against Auburn that had that interception game that everybody my age remembers. Just You just look at it almost, it was like a train wreck. He was that guy, and his relationship with LSU needed to be protected. So think of it like this. Let's say Romero Miller had a son, and he was at Ole Miss, but he wanted to transfer away to Mississippi State. How does he do that and salvage his own relationship? There's a needle that has to be threaded there. So there was two graphics made about leaving LSU and thank you and all of this stuff that he needed to do. He left in the most respectful way possible. He did a fine job, waited a couple of days, let them breathe, not too long because he has to move in because class, I think, starts Monday. But then he um, put it down there. Let's get going. Let's get on with our lives. Now, he was one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks of 2022. Number one by ESPN, number five by 24-7. He was the number 27 overall prospect by ESPN. Um, He won back-to-back state titles in 19 and 20 and got knocked out in the semifinals in 21. In 2020, he threw for 381 yards in the state title game. He, This dude can absolutely whip the football. If you were looking for a comp, the comp out here for Walker Howard is Matt Corral. When you watch him play high school football, and it's high school film, because that's basically what you have, he looks like Matt Corral. Whenever you see what he did against like Southern and Purdue as a true freshman, he honestly looks like Matt Corral did in 2018 when he was forced in the action after Jordan Tamu got hurt against Mississippi State. So, it's going to be fine. Everything's proceeding um, as predicted. He has four years of eligibility left. So this is like a signing. This, is, this might as well be a high school signing that you redshirted. And he has four years, all four years to play football. Marcel Reed, nothing but respect for Marcel and his dad. His dad still watches the show. Thank you very much for that. Um, but Walker Howard makes it to where the Marcel Reed decision no longer hurts. It's, it's a complete non-issue at this point. I wish Marcel all the best at AM. Walker Howard, we're going to be happy exactly where we are. Now, 
The other side of that, I just gave you all the sunshine and roses of everything going on with the signing. The other side of this is the people that no matter what can say, I told you so. Nobody should be upset over losing a quarterback because we, you know, something might turn up later. And it's kind of a free beer tomorrow attitude. And a lot of us don't do that. I understand the optimism, the pride, and everything's going to be okay. The the meme where fires are going up around everybody and he says it's fine. I, I understand all of that. But that's not the way this works. You can try to, you know, square peg into a round hole, but that's not the way this works. But get back to this. Walker Howard, tremendous commit. Tremendous commit. And... You can see him in the middle of the field absolutely turning the ball loose. In 2020, when he had Jack Besh, who ended up at TCU, by the way, when everybody thought they were going together and they were going to end up together, um, Besh ended up at TCU. Well, he ended up being the guy at St. Thomas Moore down in Lafayette that was just a freak catching the ball over and over. If, if for Jack Besh is a good player, if anything – LSU viewed him as the calf to get the cow um, with Walker Howard. Get the receiver. Maybe that plays well to get the quarterback. That, that's what they were thinking, and they got them both. I mean, whatever they did, it worked. Two different coaches. It's fine. It absolutely worked. But as this got underway and this happened, right, Everybody said that he's TCU. He's going to TCU. He's going to TCU because that's the way the media and fan bases work. They just want to definite the way it's going to happen, some sort of predetermined outcome. They need that. Otherwise, they have to work a little bit harder. And I'm not saying anybody is not. I'm saying that just like everybody else in the world, people want to work less. People want to extend less effort. So if you look at a kid, it's like, okay, TCU, Florida, and, and just look around, that's the way it is instead of actually having to go out and do the job. The job is more difficult in the transfer portal for all the reasons I've told you why, but it still needs to be done. And whenever things get hairy and a little bit wonky and people have a chance to put their skin on the line and get a wrong answer on it, just this morning, I listened to a podcast of my friend Brandon Olson of Locked On Florida, or Locked On Gators, who mentioned that Ole Miss was running a solid third behind TCU in Florida for Walker Howard. And he gave all sorts of reasons why he thought that. And, and, and that was released and watched. I watched that when I woke up this morning, literally like an hour and a half before Walker Howard committed to Ole Miss. So people want foregone conclusions because it makes coverage a little bit easier. That's the whole reason we have blue bloods in college football. We kind of will them into existence because, hey, if these seven teams are always going to be good, that means we don't have to think about as much. We can always think. It's the reason North Notre Dame is always in the top five. Texas is ranked. Whenever people have boxes they can just pull out, it's like here, that makes it a lot easier because people don't have the memory required to cover every team in college football and cover them correctly. In college football, you need constants. Whether it's in recruiting or just on the field, whatever, 
You need Alabama to always be good. You need Georgia to always be good. You need LSU to always be good. Because if it's a free-for-all with 130 teams in college football, nobody has the mental storage to be able to process all that information. It's just too much. And that's the reason you have blue bloods. That's the reason you have set things. That's the reason everybody determines on a predetermined outcome. So that's silly. I got on a soapbox a little bit for a second. But Walker Howard, what he's done for Ole Miss is quite simply created the most decorated quarterback room in Ole Miss's history, or at least modern history. I mean, you can go back and sit, talk about um, Glenn Griffin and those guys back in the early 60s, maybe a little Jake Gibbs in 59. But in modern history, there's not anything close. If you look at it, of quarterback rooms that would kind of be in the neighborhood. Romero and Eli. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, and you're sitting here and thinking you're going over them, you're going over them, and it's like, no, 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 no. And then you get to like the Matt Corral and Luke Altmyer. That one, that one's up there. But right now in the quarterback room, you have the Gatorade National Player of the Year and somebody that is a consensus top 30 player, a five-star by some publications, as a backup. And they're not done. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to talk about what the quarterback room looks like for Ole Miss because it has a chance to just get from an embarrassment of riches to absurdity. Because you already have a starter and a backup in uncharted territory for Ole Miss. Now you can add a third? You're looking at a five-star third stringer, potentially. Absolutely nuts. It is absolutely nuts. And, I mean, it is what it is. But I'm thankful for it. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college basketball to NBA to World Cup, whenever they did that in November, that weird thing. They have it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find them at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get the betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to go to betonline.net. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. All right. Thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, which has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. In the first subject segment, we talked about Walker Howard and how big of a deal that was. Absolutely huge deal. If anybody says it says it's not, it's going to ring like Kevin Fant and Eli Manning. Remember those arguments from back in the day, if you're my age, when people were talking how Mississippi State got the better end of the 
Kevin Fant, Elon Manning Sweet States. It's going to sound like that. And the LSU people are talking about it, and the state people, and everybody's in, in, in downtrodden mode trying to talk down the pretty nice, shiny thing that Ole Miss got their hands on. And that's fine. I mean, it doesn't, at the end, it doesn't matter because you don't really take them serious to begin with because no matter who you get, no matter what happens, they will talk down about it. It's just what it is. Remember whenever Shea Patterson signed with Ole Miss and they talked him, Ole Miss, they talked him down and everything? They get to crow about that now because they were right about that. They, they just were. But 98% of the time, they're not. But in that one chance they are, that's the reason they do it. So the quarterback room at Ole Miss right now, you have Jackson Dart, a former Gatorade National Player of the Year, top 100 recruit, top 50 recruit, depending on that. USC transfer, good year. He threw for nearly 3,000 yards, a little over 20 touchdowns. Um, I think he threw 12 interceptions, but um, two or three of them were in the um, Houston Bowl. For whatever reason, not making excuses for him, but I'm just just kind of painting a little color there. You have Walker Howard, the transfer that just came in from LSU, former five-star, Under Armour All-American. I gave you his stats a little bit earlier in the day. Really, really good player. And if you watch him on the film, and I recommend everybody going and checking out his huddle film because it's Matt Corral. It is. If you if you want to go back and look at Matt Corral and look at that – they're the same dude. There's going to be little differences in their speed or their velocity, their arm strength, but it's not much. It's minimal. Same style quarterback looking at that. But Walker Howard, dual threat quarterback from the 2022 class. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets nonsensical. This is where the quarterback room goes from good to embarrassment of riches. Just in one year, Ole Miss was going to go from Jackson Dart as the only scholarship quarterback with a couple of walk-ons backing him up to potentially three guys that you would feel pretty good about as far as the tools to go out and do the job. The third quarterback is Spencer Sanders. Now, we don't know exactly because there's just so much smoke around him. Whenever I think about it and I look at it, I'm like, this does not make sense for him. I do. I, I need to understand. I need to know what's going on here. Because if you have one year left, why would you go into a situation that's below 50% chance of success if you don't have to? That, that's, the, that's the question I ask myself. Spencer Sanders coming into the quarterback room has a chance to be pretty good. Now, if you look at it, I think it was um, 2021 where Tyrone Pigram signed up, went in the quarterback room, dressed out, did the whole nine yards, never got near the football field. And it, that was one of those, like, this does not make sense. This really does not make sense. So what happens in college football? So will Spencer Sanders – take his last year of eligibility, because this is it. One more ride through, that is it, before he is an NFL, XFL, or USFL quarterback, and go to Ole Miss and fight it out for Jack, with Jackson Dart for the starting job, a job that statistically, if you look at it, very similar numbers. We're not looking at a huge upgrade either way. 
And other than to just, maybe, maybe he just likes to practice. Maybe he's looking to get his degree paid for. I, I want to know the whole story here. Now, he's gone in a year. That's fine. Um, Jackson Dart, if he comes out and balls out, Jackson Dart's probably gone in a year. If he comes out and throws for 3,500 yards, six interceptions, and 35 touchdowns, Jackson Dart is gone, and he should be. In an ideal world, that's what it's looked like, and that is what Lane Kiffin has probably sold to Walker Howard and to where next year's quarterback class is Walker Howard, probably somebody from the portal, and then Damon Williams. That's how that will look. Now, they're still going to be recruiting Walker White, but that is how it will look in the future. So, the quarterback room as it sits right now, like I said, Gatorade National Player of the Year. Top 30 player in the country, five-star, and a four-year starter is the potential thing that could change from originally the Gatorade National Player of the Year, that's that's a holdover, and then walk-on, walk-on. You went from a dire quarterback room to almost an embarrassment of riches if Spencer Sanders decides to go to Ole Miss. Now, like I said, it makes no sense to me. I, I, I try to figure this out. I've literally tried to figure this out. And I, I just can't. But there's a situation where this is not a situation that I'm forced to make it work. Just get as much talent as you can here. Hope that the cream rises to the top and let's ride. Because all last year, I talked about the construction of the roster and what was going on. And that this team was being built for 2023. And interestingly enough, now with Pete Golden getting hired, that's, that, that window may have just been, the crack may have slowed down a little bit and they're going to start raising it again. So we'll see exactly how it goes. Anyway, in the next segment, we're going to have Tim Thomas. We're going to talk about Ole Miss's win over the South Carolina Gamecocks and a little bit of this weekend talk. So we will see what's going on as well. But first, I do want to tell you today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't even know they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Now, if you don't want to wait around to get a box by ordering through Built.com, now you can buy them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Or you can just order them from Built.com. 
me and my dog Archie um, has sponsored this read um, right now. There he is in the background. Anyway, Tim Thomas next. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, comment on the video below, hit the bell for notifications of new videos that go up, and of course, upvote the video. We'd appreciate that very much. Tim Thomas is here, and we finally get to talk about a win, Tim. Finally got it. Now, South Carolina... I think one of the big mysteries of the world is like Bigfoot, and the other one is like the Himalayas Yeti, and the other is how did South Carolina beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena? That, that is the other thing that we can never know. They were hitting the shots. It showed some highlights last night during the, during the game in a couple of places, and at halftime I watched that, and they were hitting the shots. But against us, which was I'm thankful they did not hit their shots. They were they they looked like we had been looking, and of course uh, Matt Morrell he caught on fire and uh, he was the difference in the game. Yeah, Matt Morrell kind of played like we all expected Matt Morrell to play, but the team as a whole shot better last night. And and, and I don't want to keep bringing it up, but you talk about the weightlifting thing that may or may not be happening, but something like that just makes you go. Oh, Oh, okay, that's not something we've seen. Did something happen? You know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> try to get that much involved and in, in talk to Kermit on a regular basis. But I believe uh, possibly they quit weightlifting for the season. I mean, he, he was looking for anything. I don't know that. I, he was looking for anything to try to help. He might have called some of his buddies and other teams, but. Weightlifting during the season just don't work. It just don't work. The touch, three-point shot, man, it, you got a small hole there and a big ball, and, and then inside, it, it, that's where you really see it because that's where I played. You, the little short, uh, not using back, – backboard helps you out, of course, but the little shot right in front there where you see that people are having trouble and, and – uh, that that makes a difference when you you know when you weight lift the muscles the way the way that works uh, I ain't gonna break that down for you but you know what I'm saying it's just really hard to get the touch that uh, we've got to have and you got to have and I, I honestly believe that's part of the problem it may not be all of it but Matt Morrell I was really pl- proud for him yeah uh, honestly and for the team it was a big win Kermit was happy and uh, several of those other guys McKinnis inside really looked good fourteen and ten. Really proud of him for the way he played. And uh, Abram did well. Codwell did well. They played really well. And uh, Ruffin is still sick. And they don't need Ruffin right now. Hopefully they'll bring back when he gets well. Hopefully he'll come back and maybe be a sixth or seventh man. Because right now, I think you brought this up maybe a month ago. What are we going to do when uh, Ruffin comes back? How is the team going to play? And that has some merit. You're, you're, you're right on that. I remember what you said. And it, it makes sense that there, there, there's been some problems, uh, different styles of play by the different guards. He's tried, he even tried Ty Fagan the other day, you know, Caldwell point guard, but Caldwell needs to be the number two. He, need, he needs to be two or three because him and Burrell, and then my guy, James White, came through. He had seven and five, but he made some great plays, couple alley-oops to Morrell. Played within the system, played good defense, didn't make stupid fouls, uh, was on the floor getting loose balls. Uh, I believe he started. I believe he'll start again. I was glad that Kermit gave him a chance because he realizes that this guy has has an offensive mindset. He can really score. 
Yeah, and now after the win over South Carolina, Ole Miss goes to Fayetteville um, to the Bud Walton Arena. Um, I think that was probably after your time. You, you, whenever you were playing, it was the Barnhill Arena, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, we played uh, both places, uh, Fayetteville. We we played them one time in uh, Memphis at the mid old Mid South. Uh, that's when Sidney Moncrief was playing for them. So I don't, I've never brought his name up. I always try to throw a name in. But we uh, we played them there uh, in Memphis. I think they beat us there, but they were really good back in those days. Scott Hastings had several guys is really good, but um, Arkansas will be a tough test. And like you mentioned, they have a couple of better players uh, hurt: uh, the freshman Smith, and then another kid that uh, I think they got from Missouri. He's hurt, so that, we got a chance. It's a chance if we can go up there and shoot well, and keep playing our strong defense. Uh, I think we got a good chance this Saturday, even even though it's away, but we we got a chance. So we can get get a roll going here. Um, I'm for it. Yeah, it's all about stacking victories at this point. You want to avoid – start off where we are. We want to avoid Tuesday in the SEC tournament. You know, let's let's get to that next tier and just – you do the best you can um, trying whatever role you could get on at the moment. But you've got Arkansas coming up. After that, um, who do they have? Uh, Missouri at home. Okay. And, you know, that's going to be a difficult game, but it is at least a home game. And if you could play well at Arkansas and somehow get that, you'd come home and have all kinds of confidence in the world um, against Missouri. Now, Missouri, I think, beat them three times last year, and Missouri had like eight wins. So I, I don't know. It's hard to say. But at home, if we're playing well, if we go out to Arkansas, uh, maybe beat them or at least play them close, you know, just play them close, keep the momentum going, keep the confidence, as you've mentioned several times, the confidence is key, uh, then come home and beat Missouri, then we go out to Stillwater for the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge, play Oklahoma State, and then we come back home and play University of Kentucky at home. So who knows, they're, they, they're kind of up and down. I saw them play last night, they were really good, and the game before, I know they Played pretty good, but they—they're up and down too. They—they they have issues of uh, offenses challenge too at times. But the inside guy, he—he he took over and shut that game down against Georgia last night. Yeah, I think he went for like thirty and twenty in that game. Some some yeah. some like nineteen sixties stat line. He—he um, he nearly went pro last year, but Kentucky actually could pay more. <laughs> than first round money, he was making more nil. Let me speak of this real quickly. Okay, for Ole Miss basketball to be ultra, you know, successful, like a Kentucky or like some of the guys up up to top North Carolina Duke, we got to go for five star guys. We can't go for three stars, uh, nearly four stars. We got to go for the five stars. We might not get them all, but we get two or three every year. That's the kind of NIL money that we got to have. And you talk about it in football. Kiffin just got the the Walker Howard guy. You know, that's awesome. That's really awesome for the program. Ole Miss need to get those strategies. They need to try to get those strategies. I think he does. But if we raise the NIL money, and that's what it's all about, as you well know, money is what it's all about. And in the Bible, it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. So the players, the pavilion is beautiful. Manning Center is beautiful. But when them boys come in and talk, those guys come in and talk to Lane or Kermit, they're talking about dollars. They talk about money. Just like every day we're trying to make money for our family or for our kids and scholarships and whatever. They want money. So do me is what talks. And NIL 
And if we can get some more do re me, we can get uh, more and better basketball players, five stars, and then we'll then we'll, we can be up with the other guys. But only then. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that um, the Grove Collective, maybe it was one of the Barstool guys. I saw a Twitter thing come across to where they have a program for $10 a month. You can uh, they, A college student can invest in the Grove Collective. I think it's like 21 if you're an adult or an alumni or something like that. But the more people they have, you know, honestly, we joke about it, but Clemson, way back in the day, figured this out before anybody. Because IPTE, which stands for, I think, I give 30 a year. And that's all it stands. And they just get $30 from like a large alumni base, a large group. And that helped them fund fantastic facilities over in Clemson, South Carolina. But it takes wins. Mm-hmm. It takes wins. And Kermit knows that. You know, we know that uh, the football team was going so well, you know, all of a sudden, ooh, went down and they lost a little momentum. And, you know, recruiting was down a little bit. But now it's, it's jumping up a little bit. With Pete Golden, uh, as you talked about on your uh, podcast, with the football guys, that he's he's really about mo- mo- momentum, and it had to happen. The mm-hmm. defense, the key to successful championship. Same with basketball, and Kermit's got the defense. He's, he has that down pat. Just I'm not going to refute what he did, but he went out and got four portal players that are great defensive players. But it would really help at least one or two of them could score. And McKinnis came through last night. I, I, we see him be more consistent. Akube, ever, occasionally he'll hit a few. And, and the other guys, Mabala and, and even Robert Allen inside, they're just uh, they're just liability on offense. So if we get one of those guys, if we can find one every game, have those four that can score just a little bit, 14 to 10, that was awesome. It was a difference in the game. We talked about Morrell, but you need to have an inside presence. For the outside shot to be open, to an extent, playing passes around really quick. If you got an inside presence, it makes a big difference. Yeah, the basketball in, in one aspect really hasn't changed. Inside out has always been um, the open in basketball. It's always been a play. You could probably go back to Bob Cousy, and um, he ran inside out plays up in Boston. You know that that doesn't change, but you have to have that inside presence in order to get people to collapse down. Yeah, I'm not even that old. Everybody thinks I'm old. I'm not that old. I'm 62 on a good day. Uh, I want to say one quickly, Wes Neighbors, as you talk about the football section, I know we're not supposed to talk about that, but he's from right here nearby me. I'm, I'm Decatur, Alabama. He, he was from Huntsville, Alabama, played there. So he, he's a guy I know about and followed his career at Alabama and so forth. But going back to basketball, there's a chance at Arkansas. There's a mm-hmm. chance at Missouri, a good chance. There's a good chance that it's still water with Oklahoma State. And then would it be nice to be Kentucky here at home in the in the new pavilion? So we got two or three games there I think we can win. Maybe two out of four, maybe three out of four, hopefully at least one out of four. If we can get a couple of wins in there, get a little momentum going, get on the roll, um, maybe, like you said, maybe we can uh, – not have to play that first game in an SEC tournament, which is coming quick. You know, we still got several games left, but that's what several games in the bottom they're trying to keep from having to play that first day. Yeah, this team needs momentum. They need confidence. Um, obviously, you know, I always I describe them. Anybody that asks about them, they're front runners. They're really good when everything's going well, but whenever they get hit in the mouth, 
and they face adversity, they don't do a good job. They don't have that person they can lean on um, to get them out of the funk. So hopefully Matt Morrell can become that guy that we all expect him to do. And this game against South Carolina kind of becomes the impetus because honestly, if he is a more than serviceable player, just an above average player, with the defense that this Ole Miss team plays, they're going to be dangerous as this season goes on. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win nine out of 13 games or something like that, but this is going to be a team that people are going to be afraid of as far as if we don't bring our best, they can get us. Well said. Um, at the end of the games against uh, Tennessee, end of the game against Georgia, as we talked about, we had a chance to win. So if Morrell hit two threes on either one of those games, we would have won those games. You say, well, Tennessee's good and Georgia's good. They got a great record. All we needed was two threes from Morrell or Abram, anybody. Just a couple of shots. And that's what we failed to find this year. And hopefully Morrell's on the road now. I hope he is. I know Kermit, I could tell he'd lost some hair from last year. I tell he'd been pulling his hair out. But if we can get Morrell, James White, Abram, Caldwell, some help inside, things could look up. But that's what we we missed that person at the end. Who do we go to? Well, Morrell, well, who, who, who else is out there? He's not shooting well. He was, what, six or whatever for 40-something for a while. Terrible percentage, you know, for your best uh, three-point player. But hopefully we got momentum from last night. Hopefully the confidence uh, is back somewhat, and we go up to Arkansas and have a great game. Yeah, just a silly stat that people don't even care about. Um, Morrell shot better from three than at the free throw line um, the other night. Yeah, that, I couldn't understand that. I don't know. We missed several in a row. I said, "What are we? What are we doing here?" We were ahead like by twelve or something, and it seemed like, "Wow, do you guys really not want to win? What are we?" But they'd lost focus. They got ahead, and they're not used to it. The yeah. end of the game, last two minutes, they they lost focus, and they were up there just kind of clanking them up there. They wasn't focused and taking his time. You see, Burrell takes his time. He's shooting the best in the SEC, I believe. His uh, free point three. Uh, free throw average, uh, but it, it was a win. Uh, regardless, they'll work on that. I'm sure uh, Kermit wanted something bad to talk about. I'm sure he talked to him about missing the free throws. So uh, hopefully with a few practices and we go up to Fayetteville and, and have a good game and, and hopefully win that one, that would be a, that'd be good. Yeah. The one thing you see from this team is that whenever things are going poorly, they hope the shot goes in. They don't think that the shot's going in. The, the confidence just isn't there. You see them throw it up, and they're just hoping that it goes in. And I don't think you can do that at high-level college basketball. Even in the pros, mm. most of the big guys, uh, Kevin Durant, even the taller guys, they're expected now with the pro game to go outside and hit a three. That's just, mm. that's just the way it is. So now it's come down to the college game. If you're a big guy, you know, you're expected to hit the three – they have very little inside presence. There's a couple of guys that still do it. But in NBA, this dropped down to the college level. You're expected to hit the three. So if you don't hit the three in these days, any anywhere, all the guy, all five positions, it's it's really helpful to hit a three. But it, it's definitely helpful that like we talked about the inside presence. Someone inside has got to take over and do do something. He's not 
starting Miles Burns. They think he's going to use him as a six guy now. So that, that might work out because he's a James White is a much better offensive player. So we'll see how it goes. But I have I have good uh, feelings about it. Uh, a little momentum. Uh, you could tell in their faces and then the interviews, they interviewed Matt after the game and you could tell he was feeling good. So if he, get, if he gets on the roll, if he gets on the roll, Arkansas, watch out. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tim, thank you very much for stopping by. Let's do it again next week. Hopefully we can get the W in Fayetteville. And then um, get ready for the Missouri game. I guess the next time will be after Missouri when we talk. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'm ready for two more wins. Everybody get on the roll. Everybody feel good about themselves. The football team gets about four or five defensive uh, portal guys. And uh, hotty toddy. All right, hotty toddy, man.